Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskan. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel on LMFM. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel with you. Candy Staten kicking off our, our first song there, Young Hearts Run Free. Hope you're doing well this Wednesday morning. You can get in touch with me about anything on 086-1800-658. You know I love to hear from you. Lots to get through on the programme today, including she's back. She's back. And do you know what? I'm extremely excited about this because she has a new theme song for Word Foolery, which I will play for you a little bit later on. I'm chomping at the bit to play this. It's brilliant. It's about time we gave author Grace Tierney her own theme tune. Uh, so she's going to be chatting to us all about the um, interesting, weird and wonderful and wacky stories behind the origins of words. And we do have our regular mystery word for you. And I have a nice little prize up for grabs in that as well. So I'll be telling you about that a little bit later on. Um, now, this caught my attention this morning because... We covered a similar kind of item on the show last year and it's all to do with the meme that's going around the place uh, about Karens. People who have the name Karen, I feel very sorry for you. I do. Because people like to poke fun and sort of, you know, say that people who are named Karen are difficult. I want to speak to the manager, all of that. And last year on the programme, we sp- we chatted to the um, creators of the Carinder. Do you remember the calendar that was like filled with Karenisms? Uh, that was quite good. Well, this seems to have topped that because uh, if you're if you're a Karen, I don't know how you're going to take this. Burgers with a side of abuse, says the headline for this. Karen's Diner is coming to Dublin. Yes. So this is a dining chain which has become famous for its unfriendly service. Apparently it first opened in Sydney in Australia. It's now coming to Dublin and uh, Karen Steiner has become a TikTok sensation with videos of its staff berating customers and uh, they've racked up something like 20 million views on this. Now some of the language is a bit, I can't play it for you. It's a bit rude, you know. Uh, But apparently customers in Australia are lapping this up. They're loving the fact that the waiting staff essentially abused them. 
on as they eat their meal. So customers can expect to have paper bags labelled with personal insults to be placed over their heads or be publicly embarrassed in accordance with the Karen guarantee. They say, we do everything to make sure you're torn to shreds and embarrassed incredibly publicly. The staff website reads, our staff are rude our manners are non-existent and we're the perfect place for Karens everywhere to vent their anger and dismay at the world. Come on, ask for the manager. We dare you, they say. <laughs> so Karen's Diner is going to be opening up, but it's actually great news for Karens because apparently if your name is Karen, bring your ID with you and you're going to be treated like royalty. You're going to have like drinks on the house, the whole shebang. Uh, now, you look, at you know, all of this is done with sort of good fun. They do say they have very strict guidelines in place for both staff and customers you know there's no racism sexism homophobic comments ableist comments anything that's going too far you know over the line that is not tolerated at all but if you're up for a bit of crack I don't know I say that within quotation marks I don't know if I'd like this uh, maybe Karen's Diner is for you so be prepared to get kind of shouted at a bit and uh, yeah berated by the staff the waitresses and waiters are loving this though because um, they've obviously been in, in different outlets uh, rest, you know waiting uh, on people who they've come in contact with real life Karens who have made their lives difficult so now the tables have turned literally the tables have turned with the Karen's Diner so there you go. Karen's Diner coming to Dublin for a very unusual eating experience. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit sort of up in arms about it. But anyway, there you go. Caught my attention today. Now I have to wish a very happy 18th birthday today to Killian Skelly. He is in Magdalen Street in Drogheda. We hope you'll enjoy and have a wonderful day today. That's coming in from Mam and Dad. Lots of love. Killian, what a milestone to reach the L18th. A guaranteed bash, I'm sure, in your neck of the woods. I hope you're having a fantastic day and you enjoy the celebrations. We're going to dedicate Miley Cyrus just for you. Miley Cyrus, Midnight Sky, especially for Killian Skelly, who's celebrating his 18th birthday today. He's not the only one celebrating a birthday this week. Yeah, there's big news. And this is for Circle K, Stahol Mug, Carlin's Town and Kells. Uh, because this Friday, LMFM are going to be there. And we're celebrating their first birthday, which is fantastic. But also, and most importantly, they've extended their opening hours. So they're now open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Fantastic convenience if you're in that local area. You know, sometimes you might want a little bit of milk for the morning and you have to tip out and you're going off for flip's sake the shops are closed not anymore not anymore Uh, this Friday they're going to hold a family fun day they're inviting all their customers down get this for free coffee and ice cream oh nice one free coffee and ice cream there between 11am and 4 there's going to be face painting colouring competitions for the kids and 50 euro vouchers to be given away Bewley's hampers and lots of other giveaways so we're going to be there this coming Friday from 11 at Circle K Stahalmog in Carlin's Town in Kells I'll be there for the free coffee and ice cream I think yes Uh, do you know I've always actually wondered the perfect way to you know uh, pull is it pull an ice cream pour an ice cream I don't know whatever way what the terminology is maybe I might learn it when I'm down there you know the way to get the 99s perfectly that is a skill that is a skill I'm going to be asking them to teach me that. I'm going to be there uh, during 11 and 1 show on Friday. 
So do join us for all of the crack there and I'm delighted that they are celebrating a fantastic first birthday and also they are extending their open hours. Uh, so there's going to be lots of prizes, treats, crack galore happening this very coming Friday in store. Now getting back to today and I was talking about word foolery earlier on. I do have a special prize up for grabs on our mystery word in our word foolery. That's going to be coming your way. Also I've got a great song that my six-year-old absolutely belts out every time it's on. I'm going to be playing George Ezra for you just after these. 11 to 1. If we associate Michael Bublé with Christmas time, I think we can associate this guy with summer. It's George Ezra, Green Green Grass and LMFM's 11 to 1. Oh, I love it. George Ezra, Green Green Grass and LMFM's 11 to 1. I am excited because we have a new jingle for author Grace Tierney when she comes on later on. I'm going to play it now because I'm just itching to play it. Here it is. It's time for Word Foolery Wednesday. Wednesday on LMFM with Grace Tierney. I love it. I absolutely love it. And it brings me nicely because we do have a fantastic competition for you today because of Word Foolery. Yep. It is Word Foolery Wednesday. Author Grace Tierney will be with us a little bit later on. But as is uh, the usual with her, she's given us another wacky sounding mystery word to guess the meaning of. So if you're new to this, every month, Grace Tierney from Stamullen joins us for Word Foolery, where we discuss the interesting and wacky stories behind words. And every month she gives us a mystery word. It's often very strange sounding words that we don't normally sort of use. So you need to guess the meaning of the word, right? And to be perfectly honest with you, the funnier and more nonsensical your meaning the better. So we sort of don't want you to get the right answer, if you know what I mean. The only rule that we have is you're not allowed to Google and we will know if you've Googled, okay? So today I've got a nice prize for you. I've got two books here and they're kind of like, you know, new, fairly new books. Uh, So the first one is by Ava Woods. It's called You Are Here and this looks kind of uh, sort of rom commy maybe uh, it's the morning of Ellie Warren's wedding she's hiding under her childhood bed she cannot shake the feeling that she isn't where she's supposed to be the marriage that is but she can't work out how she ended up here or wh- where exactly she should be uh, she knows that this wasn't just one decision that led to this day her life was made up of billions of choices uh, but some of them must have changed her life forever so it's kind of a she's finding herself thing and then this one the midnight house people disappear secret remains uh, this is Amanda Amanda George 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 and uh, it's set in kind of it goes through the ages from 1940s to the 2019 and it's set in southwest of Ireland the young and beautiful lady Charlotte Ratmore is pronounced dead after she disappears by the inky uh, lake of Blackwater Hall in and then in London on the brink of the blitz Nazi Ratmore is grieving Charlotte's death when a letter arrives that will change her life forever so there's a two books okay that are up for grabs so what is our mystery word I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Jargoggle. Jargoggle is our mystery word. What on earth does it mean? I do not know. Not a notion do I have. Jargoggle. Now, sometimes people go on how it sounds and they sort of make a funny meaning with regards to that. I think it might be something like a fisherman or a sea captain might say. It kind of has that vibe to it. And knowing Grace, she does kind of tend towards kind of things that are originated from the sea. So I'm kind of going with, give up that old jar goggle. In other words, stop talking nonsense. That's what I think, but I'm never right when it comes to this stuff. So what do we think it means, jar goggle? There's two books up for grabs. No Googling allowed. 
Get your suggestions. The funnier, the better. 086 658 Come on. There's Ronan Keating. Loving each day. There was a rumour going around that he's retiring. He's not. He's not retired. He's not retiring. No plans of it. There he is. Loving each day. <laughs> I'm loving all the messages coming in for our suggestions for our mystery word. This is what I'm talking about. The most ridiculous nonsensical meaning the better okay two books up for grabs keep those coming in I'll get to them very shortly now we're going to take a quick break but after that it's time for our regular check-in with Citizens Information and Sive Mulligan she's going to be talking us through social welfare appeals that's coming your way after these 11 to 1 We are returning to Citizens Information and this week we are discussing social welfare appeals with Sive Mulligan from the Dundalk branch Morning Sive Good morning. This morning I'm going to talk about appealing a decision by the Department of Social Protection. For example, if you have been refused a job seekers payment and you're not happy about that decision, you can appeal it. You can also review it and I'll speak um, about that briefly as well. So if you think you have been wrongly refused a social welfare payment, what happens next? Well, first of all, you would receive a decision letter from the Department of Social Protection. So that's when you find out that you've been refused it. So if you have been refused a payment, the letter will state the reason for the refusal and it should also outline your options for review or appeal. A review is submitted back to the department that refused you. So, for example, if you were refused Job Seekers Allowance by your local Intrio Centre, you can submit a review directly back to that office and you can do that by writing to them and including your supporting documentation. And that must be done within 21 days of the date of the decision letter. And always keep copies of anything you send in. It's also a good idea to send in a copy of the decision letter. But remember, keep a copy of the decision letter for yourself. Now, to appeal a decision, you write to the Social Welfare Appeals Office in Dublin. And again, this must be done within 21 days of the date of the decision letter. Not the date you get the decision letter, but the actual date on the decision letter. Now, there's an appeals form that you can complete and you can use that to submit your your, um, appeal. So you can fill in the form and outline the reasons why you believe the decision to be incorrect. You include your supporting documentation and again, a copy of the original decision letter that must go in with your appeal. And again, keep copies of everything you send. Um, You can submit a review and an appeal. It doesn't have to be either or, so you can submit both. Um, As I said, your review goes back to the department that refused you. So if you were refused by you, if you were refused disability allowance, you send your review back to the disability allowance section. But if you wish to appeal it as well, you send your appeal to the Social Welfare Appeals Office. Now, if your review is not successful, then you still have the appeal um, submitted. If your review is successful and you get your payment, then you can write to the Social Welfare Appeals Office and withdraw your appeal. It's very important to be clear on the reason you were refused. So it could be that you didn't pass the means test or maybe it's because you've not satisfied the habitual residence condition or some other qualifying condition for the payment. So, for example, maybe the, the, the medical condition, you didn't satisfy that for disability allowance or maybe they believe you're not providing full-time care to someone 
when you're applying for carers allowance. So it's very important when you're reading your decision letter to actually zone in on, focus on what is the specific reason that I was refused. And then that's what you're addressing in your in your review or your appeal. So when disputing the decision, whether it is by review or appeal or both, as I said, you should address the reason you were refused. Stick to what's relevant and provide documents as proof. And once again, I'm going to remind you again, don't forget to keep copies. Now, you must set out in your appeal why you think the decision was not correct. As I say, include any evidence and documents you want to be considered by the deciding officer or the appeals officer. Now, with regard to your appeal, once an appeal has been lodged, the Social Welfare Appeals Office notifies the Department of Social Protection of the appeal. So they get in touch with the Department of Social Protection. So let's say you've been refused disability allowance. Social Welfare Appeals Office will write to um, disability allowance section and let them know that there's an appeal in on this particular decision. That's why you need to send them the decision letter so that they know what the decision is and who and when and where made the decision. Um, That notification requires the department um, to send any files or documents relevant to the appeal to the Social Welfare Appeals Office. Okay, so the Social Welfare Appeals Office notifies the Department of Social Protection of the appeal. The notification requires that any files or documents relevant to the appeal are forwarded to the Social Welfare Appeals Office. When the Department of Social Protection receives notice of an appeal, it reviews the original decision. Uh, So before it goes back to the appeals office, it has a look at the original decision to decide whether it should be revised in your favour. And in some cases, this means that new evidence is reviewed by a medical assessor or a social welfare inspector. And if the decision is changed by the department at that stage, you will be informed, you'll be written out to and told. Now, if the decision is not changed by the department, your case will be examined by an appeals officer, and that would be in the Social Welfare Appeals Office. In general, appeals are dealt with in the order in which they have been received, so that's in date order. So as they get them, they deal with them. However, supplementary welfare allowance appeals, which includes rent supplement, are prioritised for attention as soon as the file and submission is received from the department um, because of the immediacy of obviously supplementary welfare allowance. Someone's in dire straits so because they're looking for this. Um, so they would prioritise those ones. The appeals officer may decide your appeal on the basis of written evidence and that is called and sorry, this is called deciding the appeals summarily. So it's a summary decision. So if they look at all the evidence you've put in, they look at what the department have sent them, they look at what you've sent in, your reasoning, why you believe the decision is wrong, they look at all that, they may be happy enough uh, to make a decision based on the written evidence. And if they do, they will write out to you with the decision, and that's called a summary decision. Or your appeal may be heard at an oral hearing. And that could be either because you've requested one or because the appeals officer decided that it's appropriate for your appeal. Um, And they think an oral hearing is the best way to to make the decision. So you would be invited to attend that hearing. It's informal and you can bring a representative to the hearing with you for support or assistance. Um, And in some cases, it may be an online hearing, which it has been um, recently because of the the dreaded COVID-19 pandemic. I didn't think I'd be mentioning it, but there you go. (laughs) It comes again. 
Now, once the appeals officer makes a decision, the chief appeals officer may revise a decision of an appeals officer if it appears that a mistake was made in relation to the law or the facts. In either case, you should send a written request for a revised decision and enclose the new evidence. And it's important to state the grounds on which you were seeking a revised decision. So let's say you've received a decision from disability allowance and that you've submitted an appeal and you've got a, a decision from the appeals officer in the Social Welfare Appeals Office and it's not in your favour. The chief appeals officer can revise it if a mistake was made in relation to the law or the facts. So if you wish that, if you believe that to be so, then you must send in a written request for a revised decision and enclose your evidence for that. And again, stating the grounds on which you're seeking a revised decision. If you're seeking a review by the Chief Appeals Officer, you must give specific reasons why you believe a mistake has been made regarding the law or the facts. So it's not just, well, I don't agree with that. You have to believe that there was a mistake made regarding the law or the facts, and you must be specific about, specific about that and write it down. The Chief Appeals Officer will then issue a decision, and that will be the final decision. If you disagree with the final decision of the Social Welfare Appeals Office, you can request that the Office of the Ombudsman examines your case. So that would be the, the very last, um, although there could be a, an option with regard to going to the High Court, but that would be specifically to do with legislation, to do with the law. Now, there's no fee for making an appeal about a Social Welfare decision to the Social Welfare Appeals Office, so be assured of that. Um, and you can email your you can email your appeal as well. Um, those details are on our website. So there's a document on our website, citizensinformation.ie, which gives more information about making appeal, and also the would be a link through to the appeals officer's website. Uh, and obviously, there's information on the appeals officer's website about making an appeal as well. So just a reminder: if you are putting in an appeal, um, you must include the following information in your appeal: your name your address, your PPS number, the, the name of the payment you're claiming, the decision you're appealing against, the reasons you disagree with the decision, and a copy of the letter of refusal from the Department of Social Protection. So if you get a phone call from someone stating in Social Protection stating that you're not going to get that payment or it's something, say, online, but you don't actually get a decision letter, you need to go back to them and ask them, listen, I want the written decision so in the written decision explains the reasons you were refused and also outlines the options for appeal. So what your options are to, to look for a review or an appeal of that decision. You can't appeal a decision without a written decision letter. OK, if you wish to speak to us more about this or anything else, by all means, you by all means you can contact either our Dundalk office or our Drogheda office. Now we currently have um, a drop-in service in both offices. It takes place Monday to Friday in the mornings and opens from nine thirty a.m. The last um, time to queue is twelve thirty. Okay, so that's everything for this week, and I'll speak to you again in a few weeks. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Saif Mulligan. Citizensinformation.ie is where you'll find more information on that. Uh, we will return to our regular slot uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Now, going to take a quick break. We're back with music from Florence and the Machine. 11 to 1. I'm going to get to some of your suggestions for our word foolery mystery word very shortly. But first, it's time for this. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 1998, Monica Lewinsky scandal. US President Bill Clinton admits in a taped testimony that he did have an improper physical relationship with her. On the same day, he admits before the nation that he misled people about the relationship. And today is Thrift Shop Day. A thrift shop, a thrift store even goes by many different names includes a charity shop second hand store essentially a retail uh, business that sells used items while these items have been used they're still in great condition and they're often run by charitable organisations and it's so important to support them so thrift shop day today LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Getting back to this, it's absolutely brilliant. I love it every single month when we do it. We're talking about word foolery and we're asking you to guess what our mystery word might mean. So... Our mystery word is jargoggle. I forgot to spell it, but it's even more hilarious when you guys send in your <laughs> version of the word. J-A-R-G-O-G-L-E. Okay. And we're asking you, what do you think it means? And the only rule we have is you're not allowed Google. Goggles designed by 2FM in memory of DJ Jerry Ryan. They were jargoggles. <laughs> I really like that one. That is brilliant. This is a great one. I think it's the official language spoken by turkeys, says Deirdre in yellow batter. Oh yeah, because they'd be like, like that. Love it. Uh, somebody else on this sort of language thing is uh, Flamin Eamon. He says, I think it's the German version of how she cutting. How's your jerk goggle? No, that'd be how you'd say it. I love that suggestion though. Mary Ward in RD says, get onto that L jerk goggle computer and find the air code, will you? <laughs> this is the kind of thing I'm looking for. The more nonsensical and hilarious, the better. We have two books up for grabs. One is called You Are Here by Ava Woods. The other one's called The Midnight House by Amanda Jurd. If you can give us a suggestion as to what your goggle might mean without Googling. Keep them coming in 086-1800-658. Florence and the Machine, you've got the love. News at 12 is approaching, but still to come. Strange names parents have Googled to see if they were socially acceptable to name their babies. <laughs> it's a great list. And also Grace is with us with Word Fillery. That's all on the way. 11 to 1. On air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM. Sinead Brazel here with you till one. That's years and years with King kicking off our second hour. I am getting so many great messages on 086-1800-658 for our competition. It's our word foolery competition this month. Yep. I have an actual prize for you. Uh, yes, uh, author Grace Tierney is going to be um, joining us very, very shortly, but she's giving us a wacky sounding mystery word and we have to guess the meaning of it. OK, so the, <laughs> the only rule is you're not allowed Google. So you need to guess the meaning of the word and the funnier and more nonsensical, the better, which I think you've really 
embraced this time so thank you for that we kind of sort of don't want you to have the right answer if you get my drift so our mystery word I hope I'm pronouncing it right it's jar goggle jar goggle okay uh, people are really uh, getting involved in this uh, Hillary says good morning Sinead it sounds like a pair of frogs in a pond with goggles on a lot of people going for the goggles kind of thing uh, somebody said um, <laughs> goggles designed by 2FM in memory of DJ Jerry Ryan Jar goggles. <laughs> this is kind of jar goggle, but I like that. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, hi, I think the word jar goggle is uh, something to do with getting a little bit drunk. You get jarred and then you get kind of googly eyed, so you're jar goggled. <laughs> That's coming in from Tina and Navin. I think Matty in RD has the same kind of thing. He says in England there's a thing called beer goggles. Basically, you're so drunk that everything looks fantastic. Jar goggles must be the Irish version, he says. That is brilliant. I'm loving that. I really am. Uh, a beer on the boat, says Alicia. We're going for a jar goggle. Okay. I see where you're going with that one. Love that. That's brilliant. Uh, fish eyes peeping out of a jar, says Marion in Carolinstown. It's <laughs> the jar goggle. What do you think jar goggle means? I've got two great books up for grabs. You Are Here by Ava Woods and The Midnight House by Amanda George. Okay, if you think you know what it is, 086-1800-658. Get them in to me. Now we're going to take a quick look at what's happening in the world of celebrity. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Louise. Lily Reinhardt has opened up about Riverdale season six finale. She says that she's sad the series is coming to a close as it heads into its final season. Yeah, and it's sad. It makes me it makes me sad. I it's truly the end of an era of my life, a big chapter of my life, and I'll miss my cast so much. And you know, it's the last time that we'll, we all will be collectively filming something together. So I think we're just going into this season knowing that we're really going to try to cherish it. I think we'll eventually come out of the 1950s. I would assume, but. But I, I would obviously like to see um, a happy ending for Betty, knowing that she will be okay and optimistic. But I just hope that she's that she's happy and you have an idea that things are going to settle down for her in the best way. Normal People star Paul Meskell and his partner Phoebe Bridgers are making the move to West Cork. The talented couple are reportedly in the process of buying an old farmhouse in the Skull area. Meskell and the Californian singer got together two years ago. She-Hulk Attorney at Law launches on Disney Plus tomorrow. We caught up with Ginger Gonzaga who plays Nikki, She-Hulk's best friend. The actress tells us what Marvel superhero she loves. I've always liked Captain America because I really like those movies, but Tony Stark is so funny <laughs> that, that I really love uh, I really love Tony Stark. He's just so he, he, Tony Stark is very like I'm going to do whatever and so is Nikki. You know, Tony Stark also has the money to do whatever. Nikki does not. That's the buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Yes, and we'll be talking about She-Hulk on tomorrow's show. A little bit of a heads up on on that one uh, because we'll be talking TV recommendations on Thursday. Don't forget you can check out more celebrity news on LMFM.ie. It's Kim Carnes, Betty Davis Eyes on LMFM's 11 to 1. Uh, Yeah, lots more jar goggle going on on the text Keep coming in with those 086-1800-658. We'll mention some of them now in another little while because we're going to be joined by author Grace Tierney from Stamullen. She's with us for Word Foolery after these. It's time for Word Foolery Wednesday. Word Foolery Wednesday on LMFM with Grace Tierney. 
I was waiting for that all morning. I love it. It is another word fillery with author Grace Turney where we explore the interesting and sometimes downright weird origin stories behind word uh, words. And this week our words are brought to you by the letter J because we're delving into the backstories of words like jinx and jacuzzi and lots more. I'm delighted to have the woman with a way with words on the line, author Grace Tierney from Stamullen. How are you doing, Grace? Do you like your I'm- theme song? I'm very well and I'm sitting here with a big smile on my face because I love the theme jingle. Very good. (laughs) Top work. Top work. Absolutely. Now we're going to get straight into it because um, I think your first word could have been the mystery word for me because I hadn't actually heard of a jack and ape. Ah, right. Okay. I I had, all right. So I did kind of roughly know what it meant, but uh, I don't think it's used that much anymore. However, I think you will get the hang of it pretty easily. And before we get started, I have to apologise to anybody who's called Jack, because, uh, yeah, there's going to be a bit of shade thrown towards people called Jack. I'm very sorry. I, I think people called Jack are fine. I'm just <laughs> saying that up front. Um, so basically, if you've ever called somebody a cheeky monkey, you're on the right track to jack and apes. Okay, so the definition of jack and apes, you can either say it's an impudent or conceited man, apparently not a woman, which I love, um, a cheeky or mischievous child. So if you're saying cheeky monkey to a child um, or an actual monkey or ape. Okay, Uh, it's quite an old word. And yeah, it has largely fallen out of use now, but, you know, it's still in my dictionary anyway. Um, so Jack and Apes was first used during the 1400s um, and it is in some Shakespearean plays. So Shakespeare wrote, I will teach a scurvy Jack and Ape priest to meddle or make. Uh, so he oh, wasn't yeah. very happy with he, the priest is, for some reason yeah. in his play. I mean, it's got Shakespeare uh, written all over it that. It really does. Jack it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. And Shakespeare was a great man for using like very vernacular colloquial slang. Yes. He, he threw everything in and he made plenty of stuff up as well we could do an entire year of stuff about Shakespearean words um, but this one's kind of fun because there's two rival stories for its origins and actually both of them are quite good so the first one claims that Jack and Apes comes from English history uh, the Hundred Years War uh, to be precise which was from 1337 to 1453 so actually slightly longer than 100 years if you do your maths um, but one of the main commanders on the English side was the Duke of Suffolk uh, William de la Pole and when English lost its territories in northern France, a large chunk of the blame was laid at his door rather than the king's to such an extent that uh, the poor man was actually murdered for it. Um, but he was nicknamed, and probably to mock his military failure, he was nicknamed as Jack Napus. And Jack was a common term for somebody that you deemed below you in society. Apologies again to all the Jacks out there. <laughs> um, the AP part was a reference to the Duke's crest, which featured a thing called an ape's clog. So oh. obviously apes don't wear clogs, no. but this was a weight used with a chain to restrain a captive uh, monkey or primate like a performing monkey mm-hmm. so a bit like a ball and chain type thing I think um, and the assumption is that Jack and Ape is gradually slurred with use into Jack and Apes and that kind of stuff does happen in language a lot but uh, there is a second theory that Jack was a term <coughs> for monkey and that Napes could be connected to the town of Naples in Italy so Naples at the time and still is a very busy seaport uh, exported loads of different things so for example they exported fustian cloth which is a uh, kind of a rough kind of hemp-like cloth um, and it was called Fustian and Napes to indicate that its source was Naples. So it's not a massive leap to think that they also exported captive monkeys and apes and hence we got Jack and Apes. But the twist that I love is that there's actually a female version as well. Oh. So you can have a Jane of Apes and she was defined as a pert or forward girl and I just 
obviously Jane is a really common name, but I love the link back to uh, Tarzan, whose girlfriend was called Jane. Yes. So she was Jane of Apes. I love that. That is brilliant. And actually, uh, my name means Jane in English. So there you go. I'm very forward. I didn't person. know that. There I didn't go. know that's what Sinead meant. Yeah, oh, there you yeah, go. There You're you Jane go. of Apes. They're Jane of Apes. <laughs> uh, now, this next one I love because I used to play a game with my siblings and friends all of the time with this word. Because uh, when you said the same word uh, together at the same time, it was known as jinx. But I know it has obviously a different meaning. It does, of course. And lots of people, even my kids are not trendy enough to not use jinx now. And then if somebody, if two people say the same thing, then you say jinx. Um, But it's actually come into the English language twice in two different locations. So once in America and once in England, and it has really old roots. Uh, So I think we've been saying jinx for a long time. Um, So the earliest one is the 1690s. Um, Jinx was used to describe a spell or a charm, but it comes from jinx spelled slightly differently uh, in Latin and in Greek because of a bird that was used in predicting the future. So the jinx, which is nowadays called a wryneck, is a small woodpecker bird with dull brown and grey plumage. So not like a a really pretty bright coloured one that you might think of, but a, a, a smaller one. It's native to Europe. I wasn't able to discover exactly how they used it to predict the future. But given the ancient Greeks' love for reading entrails, I fear the bird might not have survived those particular rituals. Um, But it does feature in Greek mythology as well. So in one story, the jinx was a nymph, the daughter of Pan and Echo, and she cast a love spell on Zeus and Hera, uh, on a love spell on Zeus and then his wife, Hera, turned her into a bird called the Jinx in Revenge. Oh, that's um, good. In another story, she dared to pit her musical talent against the muses. This is always a path to doom, can I tell you? The muses were very touchy and they turned her into a bird for her presumption. So it's kind of connected with misfortune and okay. hence we get Jinx. But it's also in American English. So it only gets to America in the 1900s, early 1900s, and it was baseball slang. So if a player or a team is subject to a jinx, then they've had a long losing losing streak um, until they can shake off their jinx. And it's unclear if that came from the Greek myths or the birds or some other source. But basically, they still have jinxes in baseball. I love that. So many different meanings around the word jinx. I really love that. Uh, OK, our next word. Someone, Something tells me that you were re- revisiting your work on words the sea gave us for this one. <laughs> Tell me about jetsam. I was. I was casting around <coughs> for other words that started with J. So I checked the <laughs> index of the book. Funnily enough, there was one that started with J. And I liked this one. I remember researching it. So maritime legal terms. OK, I know that sounds dry, but they're kind of interesting. So I always hear flotsam and jetsam together. Yes, me right? too. Yeah. So I was like, what the, yeah, what the heck is the difference? So there is a difference, right? So flotsam is floating wreckage from a ship or its cargo. So it must be a float. So if your mast was ripped off your yacht in a storm, that's flotsam. Okay. okay? It comes from old German words for floating, uh, first used in the 1600s. Jetsam, same time period. It's part of a ship 
its equipment or its cargo, which is deliberately cast overboard, uh, particularly in a time of distress. So you might throw uh, crates and water barrels yes. overboard to lighten the load in a storm or if you wanted to go, go quicker to get away from pirates. So it's essentially littering the sea. So we don't really approve of jetsam, but it's connected to jettison to throw something away. So kind of makes sense. So one's floating and one is being thrown. And then there's two more. So there's lagging, which is cargo on the seabed which can be reclaimed and derelict which is cargo on the seabed which nobody has any hope of reclaiming so there's all these technical terms but flotsam and jetsam are the ones we use I love that. That is, yeah. And like like you say, immediately I was thinking, because I'm a big fan of this movie, of uh, The Little Mermaid, where the evil eels are called Flotsam and Jetsam. <laughs> so are they? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good reference. No, yeah. I, I've seen Little Mermaid, but it's a long time ago. <laughs> so there you go. That's a little tidbit for you. Uh, so jacuzzi, this is just an amazing word. Even the word is inviting. You know what I mean? I love this. It's kind of fun. I I really like the letter Z. I know this is ridiculous to have a favourite letter. And this one has two Zs in it. So it's like up there for me anyway. Um, But so it's a trademarked system of underwater jets used to massage the body. But I didn't realise that there was originally a Mr. Jacuzzi. So it's named after a family. So the creator of the Jacuzzi was Candido Jacuzzi, which is a heck of a name. And he was a very interesting chap. So he was born the youngest of seven brothers and six sisters. Uh, Quite a lot of children. Yes. Um, And the family emigrated from Italy to California in the early 1900s. Now, they seemed likely to prosper with a family aircraft engineering company. But when their monoplane crashed on its very first flight, their mother basically put her foot down and said, there will be no more of that. We are not doing any more flying (laughs) stuff. So they moved into the field of fluid dynamics and developed a garden water pump. Fair enough. Then in 1943, one of the children of the family uh, came down with rheumatoid arthritis and they built a similar pump to work in their home bathtub to ease the child's disease with hydrotherapy and then created a niche business selling these to hospitals and schools. This is all very well. Then in 1968, Roy Jacuzzi, who's the third generation member of this expanding uh, Italian-American family, spotted the commercial potential of their invention outside of medical settings and and he added heating to the creation. So oh, I think genius. up until then it has been cold. Okay, nobody's going to want to get in there, yeah. Exactly. So he makes a hot, essentially a hot tub and uh, jacuzzis were born. But it's the whole family, really, across three generations made the jacuzzis. I love that. And as soon as I go to a hotel, I'm like, bring me to the pool in the jacuzzi, like straight away. It's just like it's got that holiday thing that you just do when you're going away for a couple of nights. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Jacuzzi. Okay, we've had so many. Uh, There's brilliant ones coming in. We had um, Flame and Eamon has been on. He's uh, this is our word, jergoggle. I think it's the German version of how she cutting. So how she jergoggling? I don't know how that would work, but I love that. Okay. <laughs> um, somebody else coming in here. Uh, uh, what's this one now? Um, oh, actually, this is sorry. This is different. Hi, Sinead. You're, you're on the letter J. I hear the word juncture now. Uh, I don't hear the word juncture so much. Um, never heard of it. Uh, oh, no, sorry. She's saying she, I hear the word juncture a lot now, a word I hadn't heard of in the past. Love the show, says Laura. So maybe juncture might be one that we come back to. But thank you so much for that, Laura. Um, yeah. A, lot, a lot of people saying that the uh, jar goggles are to do with being drunk and being jarred and having drunk goggles on. What on earth does it mean, Grace? Because <laughs> I, 
Do you know, I just know your listeners very well. So if I put in anything that sounds remotely like drinking, the suggestions are always hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't resist that one. Um, and also, I just like the word. It sounds funny. It's just inherently funny, I think. Um, it is an obsolete English word. Uh, so again, I am campaigning for a comeback. I really just want the dictionary to get bigger and bigger. Um, so to jar goggle is a verb and it means to jumble or confuse. <gasps> and it dates to the late 1600s. Uh, its origins are currently lost, but there is a suggestion of a connection to the word jargon, which I think most people oh, would yes. know jargon, uh, which arrived in English from Old French to describe idle talk, idle talk and thieves slang. So its meaning has changed over time. But yeah, so we don't know exactly where we got jar goggle from. And we do have other words for jumbling and confusion. But let's be honest, jar goggle is the most fun. And I I'm totally with one of your listeners said this and I agree. So if we can say that somebody's wearing beer goggles after a few pints <laughs> that they're eyeing up people and thinking they're prettier than they actually are, then surely we drink jars in Ireland and couldn't we be jar goggled? Yes, that was Matty and RD. I love it. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, we are actually getting one in on uh, to be confused, which I, I think I suspect a Googling might have happened there. <laughs> but look, we're all for all the suggestions. But I have to say our winner today of the two books is Deirdre in Yellow Batter who says she thinks it's the official language spoken by turkeys which is absolutely brilliant Uh, so Deirdre you're getting the books thank you so much Grace as always thank you so much for a highly entertaining and interesting word foolery we'll chat to you again next month Absolutely. Lovely to talk to you. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 You can get more information, by the way, on uh, Grace. She's got some great books out there. You can uh, The latest one is Words the Vikings Gave Us. You can find out more information on her work on wordfoolery.wordpress.com. 11 to 1. With Leanne Rhymes, Can't Fight the Moonlight on LMFM's 11 to 1. Can I name my baby? This particular name, Google has revealed from the cringeworthy to the downright inappropriate searches that have appeared when you search for Can I Name My Baby? I'm going to give you some of these just after these. 11 to 1. Naming a baby is a huge decision and it can be quite a tough one to make and many parents find it helpful to write maybe a list of their favourite names for a boy or a girl and sort of mull over them, you know. Uh, However, some kind of make a bit of a last minute decision. Whatever is your unique choice, that's fine. But apparently uh, a lot of people had to resort to Googling the name that they were going to pick to check its meaning, origin or even if it's socially acceptable. And Google have revealed this, which is just brilliant. So these are the top can I name my baby Google searches from the cringeworthy to the inappropriate, right? So the first one is Apple, probably based on the whole Gwyneth Paltrow, Chris Martin thing. Apollo, audio, amen, baby. Oh, come on now. Batman, which I'm kind of thinking that's kind of cool. Blue, Barbie, Chanel. Cinderella, come on. Doctor, ah, here. That's just like, you know, setting the child up for, you know, maybe failure, calling him doctor. Dior is in there. Eleven, I'm going to blame Stranger Things for that one. Elvis, Euphoria, and God are even in there. Google is even in there. Now, look at, there's only one way to test these things when you're trying to kind of, and this is something I did, when you're trying to pick a baby name. 
you have to just put the child's name onto this sentence. Okay, so say the child's name. Let's say, let's go for an example here. We're going to go for, why not? Let's call Jesus. Jesus, come in for your dinner. (laughs) It's not going to work. You know what I mean? That's the best way of of kind of testing it out when you're shouting your child's name out in years to come. Come in for your dinner. Apple, come in for your dinner, will you? Batman, come in for your dinner. I like that one. I'm liking the Batman, I have to say. I wish I was brave enough to actually do it. There you go. Uh, Google, they're always coming up with this stuff uh, of what we're searching. So, you know, that's a, a, a sort of a lesson for you as well when you're going Googling around. You never know. Things might end up on the list. But there you go. The downright cringeworthy. I can't believe people were going to, you know, call their child Jesus. That's just blasphemy really of the highest order uh, now moving to tomorrow's programme just before we finish up we have teamed up with Bus Aaron uh, to help the Dock branch of Meals on Wheels so we want you to fill the bus with essential food and household items for the vulnerable, vulnerable and elderly in the local community so Pat O'Shaughnessy and the LMFM Roadrunner crew are going to be live from Long Walk bus station tomorrow from 10am to 4 and we're going to fill this bus we do it every year it's such a lovely cause uh, with essential and non-perishable food and household items and we want to give Dundalk Meals on Wheels service a big boost so things like your green your granules, your stock cubes, your disposable gloves, kitchen roll, tea and coffee, washing up liquid, jelly, breakfast cereal, all those kind of non-perishable things are so, so appreciated. And we will be checking in with Pat as uh, the day progresses on tomorrow's show. Really looking forward to that. It's always such a lovely cause to get behind every single year. That is our lot in the show for today. Thank you so, so much for your company and all your interaction on the programme today. It's been lovely being with you as always. I'm going to leave you with Phil Collins. Here's two hearts. Have a great Wednesday. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 087 660 4237. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.